0: I am Frank, and I am joined by Carol Ryder of Turn Your Fandom into Cash.
1: How are you doing today, Carol? Very well. I noticed that you skipped over the name Pinchevsky. I
0: I you know what's funny is I did skip over it. That's because we were talking before this and we've gotten comfortable with each other already. I have been practicing saying Pinchevsky for a while now. Perfection. Thank you. Wow. That's a shame I forgot it because I was literally practicing that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's excellent that's excellent Thank one you. time I I walked my husband in front of a, a Polish church we just happened to be walking by and uh I he said like oh you know what is that strange word and I said can't you pronounce that you Anglo <laughs> <laughs> and, um Chestakova. Just,
0: Just to Look, yeah. it took a long, a yeah. lot of practice for Pinchevsky. I can't add to that right now. <laughs> My brain doesn't have the yeah. space. But yeah. yeah,
1: no, no, no. You You did, uh, you know, golf clap. Appreciate <laughs> it, of course.
0: Uh, so yeah, you wrote this book called Turn Your Fandom Into Cash, which I think nowadays is kind of becoming more and more relevant. Uh, can you give a quick rundown of what this book is going to offer to its readers?
1: Okay, so I wrote Turn Your Fandom Into Cash because I see just a whole lot of people making money at conventions and online. And I thought, you know what? People need a guidebook. People need a guidebook on how to make money without running afoul of intellectual property laws, because the fandom that we love and the characters that we love, they all belong to someone else. They are someone else's intellectual property. So I, I give hints and tips on how to navigate Working with and around and through people's intellectual property. uh oh, Of course, by the way, anything I say cannot be taken as legal advice. Please consult your own attorney.
0: There, look at that. That protection is the kind of protection you guys need. And tips you'll be getting from this book. That's perfect. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, i i interviewed I interviewed quite a few intellectual property lawyers.
0: Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, there we all go. Also,
1: told me everything they're saying is not <laughs> legal advice. Is to consult your own IP attorney. Yeah.
0: Everybody's got to play it safe.
1: But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's such
0: a good point. We all love conventions. Matter of fact, we're, we're starting to go back to conventions now. And one of the staples is going through Artist Alley and picking up some really cool merch and like, oh, hey, look at this cool po- Halo poster. Microsoft's not getting any cheddar out of that. So how yeah, do they get thanks. around that? Um, why is this almost accepted at conventions? Is it something that conventions should be stopping or is it just kind of the norm that nobody talks about?
1: I think it's the norm that nobody talks about. I think that intellectual property owners are well aware of this thing happening, but they need to keep their fans happy. They can't be seen to, uh, you know, be going after their fans. However, they have every legal right to in some cases, but not in every case. And there are some exceptions, which I will go into in just a second. And, and so uh, that's another thing I would love to see. I would love to see uh fans showing restraint and respect for what they're doing because you know one improper lawsuit can just bring the whole show down can just yeah. bring everything down. so there are ways of making fan goods uh in a way that you don't have to get an i p license you can actually make money and get an IP license. However, there's a problem with that too. And one of them is parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Parodies are protected under, um, under American law. However, I know a guy, Glenn Howman. He is a friend of mine. He and David Gerald, who wrote the Star Trek episode, Trouble with Tribbles. Oh, they wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, he uh, was the publisher David Gerald was the writer, and I can't remember the name of the artist, but they did a, a full-on parody uh, of Star Trek called um, and Doctor Seuss called "Oh, the Places You'll Boldly Go." I oh, okay. I bought yeah. that book.
0: I've actually. You did. I actually, do. You have a copy? I I gave it to my nephew for his birthday.
1: For enough for birthday, means, Christmas. Oh my God! That means that's one of like the ten copies out there in the world.
0: You know, Trek freaks that you've listened to. That it's his son has that book in his hands. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so crazy! Oh my god,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the very few copies in existence. Oh wow, and looks it's so illegal, excited now, and it's illegal because because uh, they were taken to court by Seuss, not by Star Trek, not by yeah. Paramount, but by uh, but by Seuss Enterprises, and Seuss Enterprises were the ones who said no. Um, my friends went to court and won, but then there was um what is it called a summary judgment i I can't remember the legal lease for it but but yeah, it was overturned even though they won it was overturned so uh but you can you can expect to be hearing more uh, <laughs> from from Glenn Howman and his friends because you know he puts out comic books he's yeah. he's you know a a very good publisher this did not it It hurt him, but it has not defeated him. He will yeah. continue going on and doing and doing what he loves,
0: and in a lot of ways, sometimes its like gives them new vigor to really yeah. strive to be better and and you know inform the others about that i I'm not lying. I literally bought that book. that's so funny
1: <laughs> I, w- I wish you had a copy because then you would show it and then. <laughs> And then you would have to hide behind some sort of legal shield. Yeah. <laughs> Captain uh-huh. America shield.
0: <laughs> Which I can't show the Captain America shield either. You gotta be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Marvel's gotta get a cheddar
1: that too. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And you know, think about it, shouldn't they in a way? Because it's totally you know, fair. We they created Marvel created Captain America. Yeah, you know? So so they should in some ways have a taste. However, fans our we our humor it can get a bit extreme. you know, Marvel is a family friendly brand and yeah. and yeah. when it comes to intellectual property licenses they only they only give licenses to uh, brands that kind of fit in with their branding. yeah, for example, yeah. Uh, a bunch of people pitched uh condoms <laughs> for d c Condoms dc comics for superman
0: yeah because
1: um have you read men of steel woman of kleenex I have not. By no okay it's an essay by larry Niven that explains how important condoms not no sorry how important how important it is to protect yourself from having sex with superman but <laughs> the condoms were not mentioned at all, all right uh it, it's about it's about the the horrible, horrible ramifications of super sperm. Essentially. <laughs> and, uh, and so a lot of people said, wouldn't this be a great thing to pitch to DC comics, Superman condoms, and they were all rejected. But when I met the IP licensor, I interviewed him. I think his name is David Irwin, the former IP licensor for DC comics. He, he did not know man of steel, woman of Kleenex.
0: I have a so quote. Did- uh, can I read this real quick from Dave? Sure. I have his quote that you put in your book here. Highlighted. Right, right. This I think is so important for anybody who's starting their own podcasting in a way, I think takes a lot of good advice out of this because there's a lot of building your brand versus building your podcast. And um, so I have this quote here that is important. You have to understand uh, what your brand represents. What do you want that brand to create in the mind of the person who's purchasing? Same thing, listening or just even sees your brand. I think that's so important. So the fact that you're already bringing up David Irwin is really cool because I was like, oh, I'm highlighting that. That's a good one."
1: Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I thought it was great that he had never read it. He was representing Superman, but hadn't read Man of Steel, Woman at Kleenex, and you haven't either. But this was a, an essay written, I think it was 1980s, the n- early 1980s, and it's just so over the top funny. Yeah, especially yeah. if you don't know what you're expecting to read. So. So, I kind of spoiled it for you because you see the title Man I Still Steel, Woman of next. Oh, what is this about? Yeah. Like, well, oh, this is, it goes to the logical, awful extreme.
0: <laughs> I, uh, immediately, the visuals start kicking and You're like, oh, dear God, no. <laughs> you know, so I, I, will,
1: exactly. I wrote exactly. it down. I'm
0: checking it out. That's something else.
1: Yeah, Larry Niven wrote it first. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> okay. I think we're going to have a lot of fun talking about all the cool stuff in the book, but let's first go start with you when you first got this idea. What's the process to like? Look, I think this is a really good tool. How do you begin the process of writing your book?
1: Okay. It wasn't my idea. It was my friend Heather's idea. My friend Heather wrote a book called Jobs That Matter and Heather Krasna, Jobs That Matter. You can find it everywhere where you purchase books. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's about getting a job in public service or government work or uh, uh, nonprofits. So basically, getting a job. That's important to you. And then she turned to me and said, hey, why don't you write this book about geek culture and fandom? And I said, yeah, sure. One day. And then I was freelance writing for sci-fi for many, many years. And then a new editor assigned me uh, an article like, hey, why don't you cover this about geeky jobs? And I said, ooh, I better write this right now before somebody else gets to it. First. So that is how I want to end up writing it. Um, uh, the process just interview a lot of people and get as many opinions as possible and as many points of view as possible because, you know, fandom is just so big. There is so much about geek culture. In fact, that's it's actually a problem for me personally that fandom is so big and sprawling because I can't keep up with everything. I'm old enough to remember when I actually knew everything there was to know about geek culture. And, you know, you have an Xbox, therefore you have uh, access to games that I'll never have because I'm a PlayStation girl and I've got a PC as well. And, uh, you know, I have some channels. I pay for some cable services and not other services. So, you know, geek culture is actually so sprawling. I can't keep up with it. And that's both wonderful and very sad. At the same time.
0: Yeah. That's something that uh, on our end, we try to figure out a way to kind of like, let's give everybody the broad strokes of some of the yeah. other stuff going on, not in their realm. So they know that, like, hey, right now there's this really big Pokemon tournament or something like that. Just so you know yeah. that that's happening. Not necessarily that right. you need to know who won or something like that. But
1: right. It's, right.
0: it's a big world out there. I mean, like, again, go down an artist alley and you'll be blown away by just, I oh. mean, anime oh. alone
1: <laughs> is, yeah, I know. is such I a picture. I
0: wish I, I knew more about it. You know,
1: I the know, passion. same here. Same here. Absolutely. Like I, and I know there is anime out there that I would love. I don't have time to keep up with Star Trek. And that's a passion of mine. Yep. And it's an absolute passion of mine. And I I don't have time. And that, as I said, very happy and very sad at the exact same time. It's bittersweet. That's it. Yeah. Being a fan is bittersweet right now. But it's great that we won the culture war in a lot of ways. You know, I yeah. I feel so happy. Because you know, I remember a time when you know, like "shut up, nerd," <laughs> yeah. you know, it was a, a terrible insult, you know. And now, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. We yeah. we won.
0: Look where the ho- <laughs> look where the Hollywood money's going. Look where the funding yeah. for Lord of the Rings series. I mean, the hype behind a Lord of the Rings series is something that 90s version of me would just be like, "Yeah, but nobody's gonna watch it."
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You, me, and four others would watch it. Yeah, I'm so excited. But yeah, it's big business. It is absolute big business, and I noticed this in the 90s, and nobody else noticed this, and it was just shocking to me. But in the 90s, I think the top of the top 10 biggest films, I think four were science fiction or fantasy, and and then i realized like oh wait that's a lot of money that's like a billion dollars uh, yeah. that was back when a billion was a lot of money and now it's it's worth billions plural yeah that's one and, marvel uh, movie <laughs> yeah 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 uh, exactly exactly so uh and i know there are so many tangential businesses that have come out of this mm-hmm. so you know, that's another reason why I wrote this book. Cause I, I want to see more fan creations in a way, because, you know, we are just creative, fun, interesting people. So, um, as for branding, uh, you know, that some branding is most branding is family friendly, mm-hmm. <laughs> most branding and geek culture is family friendly, friendly, but, um, what I would really love to see, uh, IP holders do is offer absolutely tiny, limited licenses of like, you know, a thousand, maybe even 500 of a print run of something really cool and clever, but yeah. not something everyone should have access to, like maybe not so family friendly.
0: Yeah, just just like <laughs> the indie license or the, the Comic-Con license, yeah. something for these, these local com- yeah. Comic-Cons that are just so fun to go yeah. to and you have such dedicated artists that would love to give mm-hmm. their take on... What Batman yeah. would do, you know, uh, you know, when you look at like the, 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 the variations will go off of Batman, just because that's the one that I, mean, I think everybody in the world knows. Um If you look at the variations to Batman, Batman by gaslight, Batman, you know, all these little one, right. one shots yeah. that were outstanding stories, but think of how many steps that to go through to become as known as it is and how many right. are forgotten to the wayside because they didn't have the, the right luck to be noticed by DC right. at the right time. And it's just a shame. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But. To be fair, DC has some terrible villains. Batman, in particular, has some absolutely tragically bad villains, yeah. like as in, like mm, as a not good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm rooting for for like Condiment King and stuff, but you know, Eggman. Yeah. But it's gonna be a little bit before <laughs> we see Eggman hit the big screens. I think I'm rooting for him though. I want if we could get somebody who could be Vincent Price exactly. I'm there. That's the key. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> I I yeah. Adam West is. My favorite Batman. Uh, <laughs> I got a picture of me classic. with him. Oh, wow.
0: It,
1: it was a photobomb. <laughs> I basically, I knew he was in the room because it was a press junket. And so I, I turned around and I took a picture of him with him, me in the corner with him behind me. <laughs>
0: almost more valuable in a way, just because you photobombed <laughs> Batman. So almost a little bit more valuable.
1: <laughs> so I interviewed Adam West and I happened to be wearing a fan made dress. And this fan-made dress is not a Batman dress because to actually create a Batman dress that would be very bad. You, you don't want to make a Batman dress and actually say Batman because that would be, you know, you you could get in uh, serious legal difficulty for making a Batman dress. So the dress I had on happened to just have the same colors as Batman, and that's something that fan creators do to kind of signal that they are making this object about this intellectual property without actually creating or recreating the intellectual property. So you could get a, a dress that happens to be yellow and black and gray. Yeah. Or, or if you're a fan of, you know, Harley Quinn, you could get a dress that's, you know, black and red with, you know, little like tri- diamonds, diamonds yeah. on them. Yeah, or diamonds on them. And so you are not actually making a Harley Quinn dress, but you're You're kind of imagining yeah. a Harley Quinn dress. You're kind of hinting at a Harley Quinn dress. So that's how some fan creators um, make their works without actually running afoul of intellectual property laws.
0: And in the book, you even reference using names that are near but not exact like you know boy Mm -hmm. wizard not even that i think that's too close but for harry potter or you know sci-fi sword for lightsaber
1: yeah 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 that's and signaling in fact actually i thought that um when lou skywalker said in the last jedi he said oh look a laser sword and i'm wondering like was that done because because lightsaber is is so common that i that star wars or sorry uh disney that owns star wars Said, ooh, laser sword, because that's another way they can copyright that phrase. So just, just curious about that. Yeah.
0: Whether or not Luke meant to do it, I'm sure there's some corporate lawyers that are like, oh no, wait a minute.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking They were thinking. paying
0: attention to it for sure.
1: But, but yeah, it's called fan signaling. Fan signaling. So, okay. It, fan signaling. So fans just kind of know to reach out to other fans, like, uh, this is not a star wars this is a galactic hero yeah something or other yeah. you know it's uh uh it's not star trek it's a uh space, like space Commander. yeah or something it's like, like that yeah, yeah right something like that yeah. so yeah i i love the creativity hmm. that fans
0: have so conventions you know again it's it's just amazing great community and you can meet new and new creators there's one of my favorite things is to meet new comic book writers and We've, we're lucky enough to interview some of the comic writers that eventually show up to conventions near us. So it's even better. Um, and it's, and it's a really good place, but now we're also seeing everything being taken online. And that's also where you have to kind of build your front social media, more and more important. How do these creators share social media interest without totally using something from somebody else? Like, Oh, Hey, a new Joker trailer came out. How do I share
1: that Joker trailer with others? They just, Do. You just share it. These these images, these videos are created to share. It's it's called an asset. It's called a media asset. And they are produced and put out so they can be shared with the world. But it tagging is how you find people Mm -hmm. and how you find each other. So if you are a fan of, you know, the Joker, there's a brand new scene that just dropped from the latest Batman, a scene that was that was left on the cutting room floor and everyone is sharing it. So how creators find other creators and find their fandoms and people and their fans find their fandoms is just through hashtags
0: so i know that was a really cool scene that was left on the floor <laughs> we were sharing it as well
1: <laughs> i didn't see it oh, don't say, I it. say <laughs> it.
0: that's all we'll say about that it was cool that was yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. but that's that that is the hard part is trying to navigate the new future where it's like okay well do i have to make sure to tag dc in this is that something or is DC happy with me sharing it just because it's more people seeing their content? So yes, try to find that absolutely. new
1: level. Absolutely. In fact, um DC and other intellectual property holders want you to license their work mm-hmm. because that means that that they are still showing their work without any effort. They're not putting effort, you know, the the licensor is putting out all of this effort to make this toy or this t-shirt or this coffee mug. And, uh, and they still get a cut. Yeah. So they, they're doing nothing. They're keeping their brand in the public. They are maintaining their brand Mm -hmm. and yet they're doing nothing but taking a cut. So yes, they want you to license licensors. That's something that I did not know until I wrote this book. Licensors actually want you to license. Yeah. So one thing I did was I found a guy who had zero experience. And I got him to give me the the uh li- not the licensing agreement, the licensing pitch that he had made. And he got a license. He got an IP license with zero experience he and his friend. Mm. And now they're a three million dollar business. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have it in my book. So yeah. you could read that and learn how they did it.
0: I will say I want to say real quick for those of you guys questioning buying this book, please do first of all. But secondly, very easy to read. You break it down to where there's segments that you could like focus on. Particularly, you know, I'm I'm bringing up social media, and I look look at all these different pieces of paper I got stuck on the top of this thing with tags saying posting times, guys. Did you know that's important? Because it really is.
1: No, it's not because I I just got a job at a B2B advertising agency doing some part-time work. And they said that is not true anymore. So my book is already outdated. So page 82,
0: you guys don't need anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no. But what is true, and I really need to update this for for my website. um, Twitter is still not good on the weekends. If you want to sell something, Twitter on the weekdays, pretty much every time of day is considered open market now like who knew why do you think who that's knew?
0: changed that it's become open oh. market now
1: oh because everyone is online all the time all
0: the time and worldwide too yeah. you could sell worldwide and yes we, who would have thunked that sometimes our number 1 country is india oftentimes it's india and it's like well they put they're up when we're asleep how did i do this you know try to figure out how to post around the clock cuz it's not easy <laughs>
1: Well, actually, there are posting services you could use, like HootSuite. And Buffer, which is your, ours. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Um, I use HootSuite because, you know, Hoot Owls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. If there were something like Yoda Suite, I'd be using that. Yeah. Well, just think
0: Quarter Owls. There you go. You're brought right back into the geekdom right there.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, another thing you talk about here is is newsletters. To me, that feels like something that's kind of... Uh, a bygone era return. Do you think newsletters yeah. is the wave of, th- of the future?
1: It is the current wave of the present and will continue to be the current wave for the foreseeable future until the new hotness comes out. But yeah, newsletters are huge. I have a newsletter right now. God, what a coincidence. Go to carolpinshevsky.com, C A R O L, pin like the needle, chef like the cook, sky like the thing above you, dot com. Sign up for my newsletter. I've got geek news and some geeky business tips
0: there we as go. well. I'll make sure that in just, the in the description as well, guys. You just oh, click and go right over <laughs> to it.
1: Um, for example, I just found out how to be a bounty hunter in New York City.
0: That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you want to live the 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 Mandalorian life, I I I found a there's a bounty you can get, but only in New York City where you can, if you find an idling truck and take a picture and upload it to I can't remember which department which New York City department you can get like 40 bucks 30 bucks at a shot and some guy last year made $60,000 just on his morning walk
0: that's amazing like
1: (laughs) every day when he walked if you see an idling truck for more than three minutes So if you want to be a bounty hunter, so tips like that yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> are in my newsletter. Yeah, I would
0: have thought of that, but that's a really good, now you understand like, okay, there's all kinds of reason for that. Now, if there's one yeah. for somebody who's like parking over the line, oh, I'm such a stickler for that. I would be on board with that bounty. I'll take half yeah. pay to, to for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, with newsletters, the way you're explaining it, I like that where it's, you could tell kind of like your book, you broke it down into sections, easy to digest sections. Is that important for modern readers to see things in uh. short form?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I know this to be true because my attention is kind of scattered. And I used to read at least a book a week, at least. Yeah. And and now the the pile, I don't even want to show you the pile on my next stand. <laughs> yeah. And, and there are things I desperately want to read. And I just don't have time. And, and a part of that is social media. My time is definitely fractured in a way I don't like, you know, all I have to do is stop working <laughs> yeah. and just and just hang out and read and watch tv and play video games yeah. Just, <laughs> so yeah that's why i have to keep writing so i can do that one day that's <laughs> yeah. the
0: game plan yeah. buy this book guys yeah. she needs more gaming time There so we go yeah we're gonna exactly. make sure that pitch is out there we're gonna get people going over to- <laughs> uh, <laughs> another thing too uh, it, it brings up such a good point because us as a, as a brand and a podcast we used to write articles for our website. We used to write three, four a day. And oh, really? we were just like, I started like, let me test out making these articles into actual just TikToks, minute-long TikToks. Oh, my goodness. So much more big, so much bigger, so much more consumable. It's like, I mean, I, I kind of miss the actual like in-depth writing an article, but that's not what people are here for. They're just here for, you know, hey, is Mandalorian Season 3 renewed? Okay, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, good. Um. So thanks for that. Thanks for the warning, the heads up about TikTok. Uh, I interviewed, you know, dozens of people, not one of them mentioned TikTok, but that was a year ago. So really the landscape, see, my book is outdated already. <laughs> um, yeah. TikTok, I hear is the thing. I know I should go on it because my friends are telling me I need to go on it. However, I don't like the fact that it's owned by a Chinese company and I clearly we're being data mined yeah. for for absolutely everything that we post. So I, yeah. I'm just a little suspicious and I'm not and to be you know pro america no i'm not that person right, but still
0: right, <laughs> right you have to be concerned like it's like with facebook too that's one of the reasons i'm like i'm not real big on facebook because it's like same thing it's yeah
1: it's yeah hard. absolutely. <laughs> trying
0: to figure out when you're the customer and when you're the product is very tight and lined up
1: exactly exactly i 100 agree but when i saw tiktok for the first time like really paid attention to it was just only a few days ago mm-hmm when i like scrolled through it and scrolled and scrolled and i realized like oh tiktok just did what youtube did not do they just took what youtube does and took it in reverse because i noticed that everything was was a uh, vertical sorry yes. um portrait and youtube is landscape and just portrait is just so much more natural in a way yes. cuz this is how we hold our phones we hold our phones up so i i thought well that is goddamn clever they just did the opposite of what YouTube did. So so, why didn't I think of
0: that (laughs) sooner? One of the things that TikTok does that I think people aren't really talking about much and I think is kind of the secret to to them is you don't really select what you're going to watch. They have the algorithm Uh fully algorithmed. And as you're watching, it figures you out and it'll feed you what you want. But as a creator, then it's just rolling the dice because just a little behind the scenes for anybody listening. You put up a video, they're going to show it to 10 people depending on how long they watch it, they'll show it to the next 100 people. Then that, once you pass that branch, you go to the next set and you branch out. So when something, you like literally are going viral, it's not done, like YouTube is done by like, I subscribe to you. Even if you follow somebody on TikTok, doesn't mean you're going to see their videos. It's how long you watch their videos. And so that whole algorithm thing is taking what YouTube did and was like, all right, grandpa, <laughs> let's show you how, uh-huh. let's modernize it. Yeah. And it's, who, who's going to replace TikTok? We don't know, but. Follow the Mm -hmm. newsletter. So you guys are up to date on all that information when it comes out. Right.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, as soon as I, as soon as I learn it, I will, I will tell the world, but yeah, I think, I think what TikTok did was just a response to Facebook rather than its own thing. So, you know, that's something I learned a long time ago, Write What no one else is writing, like go to where no one else is. Go to the, you know, go to the, uh, the the white space or whatever business, however business describes it. Yeah. But um, in my writing, I just, I do, I try to do what other people aren't doing. Mm-hmm. For example, um, I make, you know, I, I used to work for sci-fi. I've written for a lot of geeky magazines, but I'm, I make more money writing about business. But what I what I tend to do is I tend to geek up my business writing. So I wrote about, you know, security uh technology security and star wars rogue one yeah like the technology mistakes in rogue one <laughs> uh uh i read about i read about oh yeah change management and doctor who yeah uh i've written about uh oh yeah yeah um oh god uh, how how uh you know, change management and Game of Thrones. That's it. Yeah. It's about change management and Game of Thrones. So
0: there's a way. So, I yeah. I wrote. I had to write a thing on uh, fascism, and I used uh, the Empire to, as my example. Oh really? Yeah.
1: That's fantastic. Why did you have to write about fascism? Well, it, it
0: was it was for politics uh, for a politics class, and I had to explain like mm-hmm. what was the comforts in those societies, uh-huh. and like in Star Wars, if you think about it, it's like yeah, before the rebels came in, everybody was just like, look, I don't like the stormtroopers walking around, but I can get to school and work safely. And that comfort sure. is what people vote with, not necessarily or you know, not necessarily like, well, these other guys on another planet are treated fair. And so diving That's into that. Actually, yeah.
1: This is the reason I like uh Star Wars episodes one, two, and three far more than I liked seven, eight, and nine. Because of Carol, the Carol, we political. are best friends. I don't <laughs> know
0: if you know that or not, but I freaking love you.
1: So <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, you have a Yoda behind you, so clearly yeah. <laughs> we are one. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Um, episodes one, two, and three, we saw a political structure. We saw a political yeah. system. We saw it failing. What is more realistic yeah. than that? Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I really admired one, two, and three in a way that I do not with seven, eight, and nine. The the, I can't believe what a rehash of seven, eight, and nine. I can't believe what a rehash of four, five, and six, seven, eight, and nine were. Yeah. You know, and just, then eight was like uh, I don't know
0: what eight was. It was this weird little like we're gonna change the script up, and then nine was trying to save it. It was a mess. But uh, it had
1: porgs. Well. Episode eight had porgs. Do not besmirch. You know what? Fair. <laughs> <The last Jedi. laughs>
0: when he was sitting, that, when the little porg was sitting on the uh, <laughs> sitting on the yeah. the Millennium Falcon, like what is that dash? whatever yeah <laughs> i was like okay yeah I, I gotta buy that toy i don't know what it is but when i saw I've the trailer and they the not have names yet i was like i'm buying that toy I'm just gonna
1: rah, rah, rah. yeah i've got <laughs> yes and how did you know it was going to be a toy yeah, well that's, that's the reason it was made <laughs> well actually and that was george lucas's genius yeah. he kept the the toy rights the the what is the name of the rights uh yeah toys toy licensing yeah. he kept those rights for himself and that is why he's so successful yeah. Not just because he wrote he wrote and directed and produced these great movies, but because he he made his money merchandising. Yeah, and, and it was so. at a
0: time nobody really took Star Wars seriously. Even Harrison Ford didn't take Star Wars seriously. And yeah. he's yeah. like, Well, I might as well just get these. I you know, I live just north of Lodi where he's he's from Lodi Modesto area. And all the streets uh-huh. are named are like Yoda Street, Chewbacca Street, Wookiee Street. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like there's a whole <laughs> cool. section that's named after different uh jawa i think streets like there's all kinds of different ones so but, yeah it's pretty neat no i have to
1: move there <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, one thing just last thing on, on episode one two three talking about you know the, how it goes mm-hmm. into politics too my, one of my favorite lines is so uh what is this so i think it's democracy maybe it's republic dies not with a whimper but with a with applause or something like that that aligns um
1: uh um this is how liberty dies Thunderous applause, yeah,
0: and it's like, man, what an impactful line! And just that line sets forward the next three movies better than anything else does because then you understand the Empire and why. Oh, we have to take it over, and
1: yeah, Star Wars is good. (laughs) My my favorite line, uh, in my second favorite line in the entire uh saga, the entire Star Skywalker saga is, um, he was Count Dooku. Uh, In episode two, telling Obi-Wan like, oh, no, everything, you know, is a lie. The Jedi aren't in charge. You know, the you know, the Sith Lords are in charge. And Obi-Wan says, no, you're lying. Mm -hmm. Like, no, No. you lie. Like, oh, yeah, that was great. That was just such a chilling moment to me. Like the Sith are telling the absolute truth. And, and then the Jedi don't believe it. And the wisest
0: Jedi is probably Qui-Gon yeah. Jinn who tested them all and said, no, this yeah. isn't right and got shunned for it and was never on the council because of it. And Absolutely. it's like he was Absolutely. trying to steer you guys right. And then again, yeah. this is about your book, but
1: <laughs> the, fact that,
0: <laughs> the fact that it's like, oh, you know, this boy is going to be the one that balances the force and the whole time they're like, oh, good, I'll get rid of all the Sith. That's not how balance works. You don't get rid of one side <laughs> to balance things.
1: <laughs> so. I know. <laughs> no. I was just watching a a YouTube video on this very topic the other day. See my my YouTube algorithm knows that I I like Star Wars conspiracy theories and, and Game of Thrones conspiracy oh, theories. Yeah. That's my other big love right now, Game of Thrones. That, well, I mean, I was a fan of George R.R. Martin long before he wrote A Song of Ice and Fire. In fact, I beating the beast. I met him. <laughs> I he, Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but no 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 no. Um that wasn't George R. R. Martin. He he Beauty and the Beast. The, the was series. J. Michael
0: Straczynski. Oh okay. I thought he did the series.
1: Beauty and, no, Beauty and the Beast with jay Michael Straczynski. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. it was him. Um no. He wrote um he wrote a series called Wild Cards.
0: George oh, R. Martin nice wrote a series,
1: a book series called wild Cards. Oh, it was great. I was a huge fan. And so I wrote my friends and I wrote a live action role-playing game oh, nice. based on the wild card series. And I walked up to him at a convention and I think it was 89. And I said, hi, we want to write a role-playing game. And he said about licensing, he says, that's fine. As long as you don't make any money off of it. So now years later, if I ever meet him again, I'll get to say, oh, not one thin dime, but we had a great time. Yeah. And is it <laughs> actually we we made money we, enough to pay for the hotel room. Yeah. And and our convention memberships. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> but still, great time was had by yeah. all.
0: A free trip is so worth it. I and mean, that's one of the best things. We we, you know, whenever we get like free passes to E3 or something like that, we're like, guys, it's happening. <laughs> this is the best part. <laughs> we're always so excited about it.
1: Uh um, yeah I know for I'll do anything for free food really <laughs> if, you, if you you know go to some press rooms you know sometimes they have like snacks lying around or tea or coffee like <laughs> I'm, I'm here for the food <laughs> oh, man.
0: so we're talking Star Trek, we're talking Star Wars and Game of Thrones, three major passions of mine. uh, this has been a blast I want to make sure to touch on one more thing because again, it's one of those things that is strong, and a lot of the people we interview use this, and that's crowdfunding. Kickstarter, right. Indiegogo, yeah. all so powerful.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Do
0: you see this as a shift in general for all geekdom is starting to go this way? Are they starting to kind of phase away from AAA gaming or going towards those big three comic book companies?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, funny question. Uh, uh, you know that Kickstarter, um, the biggest, sorry, the most funded segment in Kickstarter, are board games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, board games have earned I think half, not half of all of Kickstarter's oh. money, but but like this large chunk of money. Board games are extremely well funded on Kickstarter. Um uh I think there is a shift away from the from the biggest IP holders, but it, it's not just because there are alternative alternative methods of fundraising, but because fandom itself has become more fragmented and people, you know, they, they love Star Wars. They love Lord of the Rings, but they will also enjoy things that they love about Lord of the Rings. Right. They, you know, they love elves. So, oh, look, uh, here's an elven card game. Uh, with all of these different decks, like, oh look, you know there's this this elven you know comic books, so that's so people will gravitate towards what they love, but more finely grained so uh although people will always you know trickle back to the the or the primary uh like temples intellectual properties, yeah, yeah temple media people will always gravitate towards the temple media but then they will also find new things to love and that's actually wonderful mm-hmm. and terrible because we will no longer have a shared language because you know all you have to do is say uh you know may the force be with you and someone yeah. instantly knows you're a, a Star Wars fan but Soon will come a time, like actually it's happening now, where where someone will make some offhanded reference and only a few people in the know will know.
0: Yeah. but And it's interesting, though, because those people that are in the know are almost more passionate than those who maybe have known what. Yes. So it's like the the segments are getting smaller, but more passionate about the smaller segments, which kind of blends everything we've been talking about with your social media presence, you're building your brand. That's creating Mm -hmm. a small community that really, truly appreciates your work. You might not be right, the next right. Image Comics or or something like that, um, right? Right, right. And, then and uh, you get your funding through image Com- crowdfunding. I, yeah, you're about to bring up Image Comics, which is important right here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Image Comics actually, you own your own property yeah. at Image Comics. Yeah. When you, if you write for DC or Marvel, everything you write doesn't belong to you. Yeah. So, as a geeky creator, I would say you should consider pitching Image Comics first. You want. Your creation to be your creation, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you oh yeah <laughs> like, you know totally. i I want to own what I own. it makes me incredibly frustrated that most most articles that I write, like, oh look, you this article is now owned by this publishing company. Yeah. that's not true of everything i write i I try to get my my rights reverted back to me. Mm-hmm. I work very hard for that
0: i you know it's I could talk to you for a long time on this. I, When we were doing the articles for our site, I um I got approached by another company that was doing this upstart entertainment news website and they wanted to, hey, why don't you work for us instead? And I'm like, it's so important that these are my articles and they go on my site. So I negotiated mm-hmm. with them a way to publish it on both sites. I knew that would murder my S- SEO. I didn't care about that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that it's on my site and it's my article over right. there. And right, it right. took a long time, but eventually I got that. And then, yeah, that company ended up going under but my work was still protected wow. because it was on my site the whole time, and so wow. you have to make wow. sure to say like, "Hey, this is me, and this is where I belong," and, right. and stand Absolutely. up for yourself.
1: Absolutely, but uh, you know, also as a writer, you kind of have to give away your first few articles for free. Mm-hmm. Just you, you need to develop a track record. Yeah. So you, you should give away your writing uh, for your, if you're doing it for yourself. One of the people I interviewed uh, was a writer named Alexandra Aaron, and they told me if you give something away, make sure it is yours. So she is constantly telling people like, "Oh, share my writing, share my writing," because it's her writing yeah. on her website, um, and and she is also just an absolute marvel in fundraising and and earning money and. Uh, she was doing it before PayPal was a thing.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she managed to monetize in a way that, that very few people know how to do. And one of the best pieces of advice she gave me about that was just ask, just ask. So every few posts, you know, she just, she writes these posts and then every so often she throws in a link and says, Hey, chip in. And yeah. she says it works. Yeah. So that's nice. That's nice. So that's also a very New York thing. Yeah. Even though she's not from New York City, like you're not never going to get anywhere in New York if you don't ask for it. Yeah.
0: Never. There's a level of being earnest with the community you're building, letting them know, like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what we need to be yes. funded.
1: Absolutely. And also, she is completely upfront and honest with everyone. If she writes stories a month uh i can't remember how many stories a month she writes but when she is late she still says running late yeah so you know complete honesty is is essential when having your own fan base or just you know being a good person being a decent human being honesty is important yeah and and creating
0: you're creating fandoms with fandoms a lot of times especially for those of you creating well let me write let me say the name again turning your fandom into cash
1: (laughs) when you're doing that. but just just be a decent human being yeah. you know deliver what you say you're going to deliver uh uh if you can't explain why and do the best you can to make up for it by either refunding money or or getting something at a later date you know um the the person who I interviewed the one who had who did receive an intellectual property license he had a problem getting dice for his game. Really? And there were delays because of dice hmm. and and uh he he said he was just upfront at all times about it. Yeah. And he offered to refund because these were specialized dice. Oh, and the guy who made the specialized dice passed away. Oh, jeez. That's why he couldn't One more thing. get those dice. Yes, exactly. So things happen, be honest. Yeah. Be upfront tell people you know mistakes happen and that's also something I cover in my book because there are some horrible things that can happen to people you know any business you know look there was a pandemic you create uh, a fabulous little uh restaurant let's say you've created the cutest little restaurant uh on you know on the upper west side and then it goes under why there was a pandemic yeah. <laughs> you know so just be upfront and honest but yes sometimes your business will fail uh and it turns out that only 40 percent of all small businesses in this country make any money yeah that was just a chilling fact for me like oh so the people i know are these ones who have succeeded yeah like and so i tried to interview people who did not succeed and they are still succeeding but they had some they had some bumps along the yeah. way let's just say
0: but their their passion's yeah. almost infectious so it's so important that we yeah. seek these people out and then like again shop locally and as much as you can I, we push it so much yes. go to your local comic book shop guys don't just necessarily buy on amazon or all digital i get yeah. that just just throwing this in there is another thing we definitely use digital because it's hard to catch up on the backlogs so I, I totally believe you believe it there but for the wednesday releases go to your local comic book shop doesn't hurt
1: Right, um, right, right, right. But yeah,
0: it, the passion that they have, again, is just so infectious and, and makes you want to invest more fiscally and with your time into their product.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, also when you, when you buy from a small business, geeky or otherwise, you are, you are employing a person, not just this big faceless corporate entity. And even though you, you might love everything that Disney puts out, They don't need your money particularly. (laughs) They're they're good, (laughs) but when you when you buy, you know, a a cute little fan made good, you are keeping someone in business.
0: Yeah, go to the comic book, go to the uh, you know comic con and get some uh, mouse with red short, you know, attire or painting or something like that, uh, and help them out.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh huh. Oh. Don't you dare. Don't you even think about creating oh, a no. mouse with red shorts.
0: Don't do it. That's one thing. So Nintendo and Disney, like you could go ahead and share as much as you want from from a lot of company. We've actually gotten season to source orders from Paramount is one of them. But why? For for posting their uh um was a poster, movie poster. Mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. got, hey, you gotta take that off on of Twitter. And I was like, okay. Why? I, I, you know, we're I was scared enough. Honestly, and that's probably what the whole point was, is we got a cease and desist from, from Paramount saying um, it's their intellectual property or something. I, I don't know the exact words for it. Yeah. It's somewhere in my... Yes. I kept it because it was cool uh-huh. that we got something. Did you, <laughs> but Did you... What was it that you posted? Just the poster? It was. I think it might have been just the poster with no text, which might have been a problem. I'm not sure.
1: Okay. Because I'm trying... I'm racking my brains to determine why they would tell you to take it down when it's their poster. Did they post this poster or was this you uh, giving some sort of advanced? No. Uh, yeah. You know. It wasn't
0: advanced. I think I probably grabbed it off of either, either their Twitter account or something like that, which is right. one of the things I'll try to do now is make sure to, if you guys on Twitter, I'll try You hold and press it. It'll say tweet this image. And then it automatically right, right, gets right. a little tag on the bottom. If you can try right, that. Right. But, right.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. J- because I, I i think that they were overreaching i yeah. think they were overreaching and uh of course i'm not willing to spend those millions of dollars it would take right. on a lawsuit a to fight this but um i see and that is that is the problem uh there are these lawsuits just waiting to happen and it really According to my interviewees, it depends on the judge that you get in front of oh, you. Wow. So, you know, like my friend Glenn Howman, who who wrote, Oh, the places you'll boldly go. One judge said, Yes, this is a parody in fair use. And another judge said, Nope. I, <laughs> so uh, yeah. uh, you have to be very, very careful. Yeah, this is for the, I'm
0: going to throw it out now. The um, Remember when Will Ferrell did like a Sherlock Holmes movie? It was that. That was, oh, that right. was what they were so adamant about defending. <laughs> and so right. I was like, okay, <laughs> right.
1: that doesn't, that, that, yeah, I, I can't say I would have challenged it, but I might
0: have, it wasn't, I to be honest with you, it wasn't worth defending or wasn't worth like me challenging it right. and having the email with, I've been sure to send it all the guys that we, you know, that are on the team and stuff like that. Like, Hey, right. look Paramount's after us. Isn't that funny? Kind of like yeah. one of the big dogs was on our Twitter account for a day, <laughs> you know?
1: well one person who did not want to be quoted um sold something on etsy uh that was a um blank skirt okay you know like uh where blank is name of major intellectual property <laughs> and and then they changed the name to um uh, you know, instead of, instead of, let's just say a Star Wars dress, let's just say a galactic hero skirt. Yeah. Uh, and then the season just desist never came back again. There we go. So yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, please people be careful, be careful. Be careful.
0: And if be careful. and my advice on my side is just somebody who's been doing this for about five years now and, and learning the hard way, sometimes it doesn't hurt to give credit to everybody. You can just make sure that you credit everybody. Yeah. And that's usually just what they want if they are throwing a fit. It's because they wanted you to say at Paramount or something like that. That Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, that that is very interesting. And uh, thanks for the warning about that. (laughs) Um, I, I think myself, just as a freelance writer just as a freelance writer, I would have pushed back a little just to say on what grounds and then got an article about it, which is funny because the reason I came up with the title, turn your fandom into cash is because of an expression that I have, which is turn your pain into cash, which is if let's say you're, you're heartbroken and some, some guy done you wrong, (laughs) you write an essay about it, about, you know, your, your lovelorn, Life, and then you turn your pain into yeah, cash. you got a short story and <laughs> so, article right
0: there. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. So, so that's what I I try to do. I try to turn my pain into cash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I, <laughs> you know,
0: nowadays whenever we share an image, we make sure to say like, "Hey, this is Halo," and it's not just some like space right. guy that we're sharing the image of. So, um yeah, but
1: there are reasons that these IP holders put out these posters to intrigue and entice yeah. you. So the fact that you could not share it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have, yeah. That's just me as being just being a writer. I would have said why.
0: Yeah, that (laughs) was in our early days too. That was when we were, you know, still figuring things out and didn't really have uh, much of a brand at all. But yeah,
1: yeah, that's why. But one of the one of the suggestions that uh, a lawyer gave me in this book: um, don't host your own, don't host your own artwork go to some sort of aggregate site or, you know, like don't sell your own goods yourself, sell them on Etsy yeah. or, or post them to some sort of image site. So they get the cease and desist. Mm-hmm. And then you are insulated just oh, so slightly. And you have just a few more days to respond and to see how you want to respond. And and I would say that 99.999% of the time you'll want to. Yeah remove or some somewhat alter the quote offending item
0: and nowadays uh, those sites redbubble for us have a way of checking it for you before like you're like god ah, i think this is fine redbubble will let you know like hey by the way this is copyright so we're not going to actually post this and it's a good way to be like right. okay oh, didn't know that and now i do so I did a hand drawing, right. or a, kind of a hand drawing, kind of a Tracy of of Spock for one of our Trek Freak shirts, and Redbubble was like, mm, "That's not gonna fly." Like, <laughs> okay, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> I- yeah, but I'm glad you mentioned Redbubble because something else I learned writing this book is how easy it is to make money. Yeah, it is so easy to make money. You just come up with a cute little idea, you give it to Redbubble, you give it to Teespring or Tea Fury, and you you know, come up with this cute little saying or a cute little image and put it, it, you put it on the site. You can turn it into a t-shirt or a, or a mouse mat or a bumper sticker. Bam. One sale. You've made a couple of bucks. Like that's so nice. It is so easy to make money now. It is so hard to have a business and to make an actual living out of it.
0: But you can Uh, turn your fandom into cash. Like literally it's, it, and the amount yes. of joy there is when somebody buys your work or invests in you, I can't explain how how exciting that is. It's just yeah. everything in the world. It's just so cool. Not the yeah. dollar amount. That doesn't yeah. matter. The fact they spent money on you at all is just like, oh my God, that's so yeah. cool.
1: <laughs> it, is. it is so flattering. It really is. And the fact that y- you actually did say some flattering things about my book like oh i'm on cloud
0: nine oh, it's a fantastic <laughs> week. <laughs> my, uh, trust me my brother we talked about 3d printing before this my brother who's doing uh-huh. all kinds of 3d printing and making stuff that shouldn't be made <laughs> probably um uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. he's gonna he's oh, yeah. gonna be
0: reading this book there's no doubt
1: because <laughs> uh-huh. oh good uh, we go to conventions yeah, and have booths fun.
0: there too we for the podcast we do live yeah. recordings at him and so uh-huh. he's like oh i want a 3d print stuff to hand out and like i'm like yeah you just can't sell any of it. <laughs> That's the whole problem. You can hand uh, out as much as you want. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, you can make anything you want. However, um, uh, you can argue that creating this this fabulous, glorious, one-off uh cosplay head-to-toe with metal is not actually harmful to the IP holder yeah. because you are not displacing a market. And that's actually a problem. If you mass produce a T-shirt, you are displacing the original market. Because, oh, yeah. But if you create a thing worth, you know, $10,000, uh, there's no market for that or very, very little market yeah. for that. So, But that is, as I said, what, you know, depends on what kind of judge yeah. You you stand up in front of when you have to tell it to the judge.
0: Not to just keep going on with more and more stuff, but there's those Iron Man suits that you see nowadays. People will spend yes. $10,000 to make their own Iron Man suit, and you don't hear yeah. a lot of guff about it. But then when the new Avengers Campus opened at Disneyland, they now sell an Iron Man suit. And so all of a sudden, do they? yeah, they do. And so now it's like, oh, that's too bad for everybody who makes Iron Man suits now.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. See that that is displacing a market, wow, and um, that happened uh with j. k. Rowling. Somebody wrote um an encyclopedia mm-hmm. of Harry Potter, and the writer of that lost his lawsuit. Oh, wow. um, he was sued, even though j k. Rowling had publicly said, "Wow, I love your resource. I've used your resource in writing my book." Uh, but that was when the encyclopedia was online only and then he printed it That's and that was a problem because it was displacing JK Rowling's market because she said like, Oh, I, I think I want to do this myself one day. Yeah. So, so there are some very sad fan lawsuits.
0: The other side of that, George R. R. Martin has worked with a lot of fans to make some of the books and I have them yeah. on my shelves. They're outstanding and they have both their uh-huh. names on them, which helps the fans. Yes. out.
1: <laughs> yes. So yeah, he worked with authors Elio Garcia and Linda Antonson. However, um George R. R. Martin almost lost his series um before it started because he had offered um IP licenses to a sword maker. Oh wow, of all uh, things. And and so when HBO said, "Oh, well, we want to own this lock, stock, and Barrel," he said, "No, I already have ip licenses and the tv series was almost for a short time not made because of it wow so, if you have your own ip just be aware that could happen yeah
0: it's a very complicated so, world that's for sure
1: indeed indeed uh but lucky for us uh game of thrones was made
0: after all oh, no doubt i and again the new series every time there's a little image released or something like that i'm pouring over it like oh white hair <laughs> you know i'm excited no i know,
1: I know. <laughs> house of the dragon if and if you thought if you thought the red wedding was brutal oh, oh. no <laughs> the dance of dragons
0: gets hardcore Oof.
1: oh my god you you better go into that you know with a tissue and and a bucket to vomit
0: in and the three-eyed raven you're about to like him a lot more than you have in the past
1: he's he's a lot more interesting than just the
0: old man under a tree yeah
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah all right so uh
0: well we've been talking for an hour and five minutes now it's supposed to be a 30-minute interview but we've been having too much fun oh god i i
1: wasn't sure i could talk enough all right um but yeah uh uh the The thing I learned the most from writing this book uh, is that, well, no, I learned a lot of things, but I, I guess one of the biggest takeaways for me is nobody goes it alone. There's this myth of the the solo entrepreneur who you know builds Apple. You know, Steve Jobs built Apple. No, he didn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of people made Apple what it is today. You know, oh, Elon Musk is, is you know, doing whatever it is. He's doing Tesla and Starlink and uh, whatever. What else is he oh, doing? Just everything. What's the space
0: one? SpaceX. Hey, there you
1: space, go. SpaceX, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, so Elon Musk is doing Tesla and SpaceX and Starlink. No, it's not just him. Yeah. It is a whole mess of people. And the same is true for a geeky business. Do not expect to go it alone. Uh, everyone has benefited from someone else helping them. Yeah. I'm able to be a freelance writer because I have a husband who has health insurance. Mm-hmm. I, I know people who, uh, some of my interviewees live at home with their families to save on rent. Some people, like one, one of my interviewees, he stored his his inventory in his brother's basement. You know, we, we all have friends and family lean on them, lean on them, just get help when you need it. Yeah. Well, that will help you be successful by, by not deciding like, Oh, I'm going to do this all on my own. And it's going to be nothing but me. Don't take that responsibility on yourself, you know, you know have a friend at least just just someone to talk to yeah yeah you know so just don't go it alone because nobody does
0: and that's what the geek culture is it's us being alone at one point i mean you kids nowadays yes. probably don't know this but there was a time being yeah. a geek mate you were alone and <laughs> and geekdom was the idea like hey let's come together and talk about something we all have a true passion for and now we get to share that more with these little businesses and stuff like that comic cons and social media sites and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it's it's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I hope you read my book and I really hope that I hope it's a business guide, not just a geeky business guide. I like to think that there's enough advice for, for any kind of small business.
0: There really is, especially with keeping up with the Joneses, the idea that like it's forever changing. So you need to like know what social media is and, I think one of the more important things that, you know, because I'm in a lot of different groups where we're discussing different podcast business and like how does that work? And one of the things that's not really conveyed well is you're building a brand first. Your brand is a podcast, but, and, and that's all spelled out here, guys. So um, check out and a lot of indie comic. We have a lot of indie comic writers that come along this, this show. And I'm going to be suggesting this book as well Turn Your Fandom Into Cash by Carol. Pinchevsky nailed it again.
1: <laughs> oh, he did. Totally did. Like a like a, a good pull
0: <laughs> We're gonna have your, your Twitter account. We're gonna have the this is on Amazon, right? I want to double check.
1: It's on Amazon Barnes and Noble Audible. and Ooh, audible. I think I think something called Kobo. Okay. Kobo, but yes. We'll
0: have those links in the description, plus some of the people that she's mentioned. She's mentioned some really cool creators. We want to make sure you guys can find those as well. Um, I know I'm going to be picking up uh, Heather's book, Jobs That Matter. And yeah, get in on good. this, guys, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated with the newsletter as well. So maybe we'll put the newsletter in the description as well so you guys can uh, get a hold of that, too. And uh, that was a good idea. I think I might actually be working on my own. See how I can oh, put that together. You
1: should. Yeah. You should. All
0: right. <laughs> All right. So. Thank you very much, guys. We'll see you guys thank you, next week. Bye.